0: As for the Shulamite, history alludes to her being out, oh, about the 61st wife of Solomon. Hmm. Can a sinful man who does not abide by God's plan for marriage actually be a picture of Jesus coming for his bride, the church? Yes, it is grace. It is grace. Hello and welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here, where we ponder life from a Biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty, and light exposes darkness. Come, let's ponder these things together. Before we start chapter 4, let's do a quick review. The king and his valiant men have arrived in a pillar of smoke, smelling of frankincense and myrrh. The shepherd king has come for his bride. The country maiden now finds herself at his side, and will be queen to rule and reign with him. As for the Shulamite, history alludes to her being out, oh, about the sixty-first wife of Solomon. Hmm. Can a sinful man who does not abide by God's plan for marriage actually be a picture of Jesus coming for his bride, the church? Yes, it is grace. It is grace. To those who are not already married, I beg you, learn from Solomon. Wait for the right one that God will bring to you. Virginity is the best gift you can give to your marriage partner. Wait, do not arouse love before it's time. Do you remember her saying that? God's plan is absolute chastity before marriage and absolute fidelity during marriage. Please take God's plan seriously. If we have not waited or been unfaithful, there is grace. Confess sin. Turn around. Walk towards God, walk with God. Back to the maiden, darkened by the sun, now among all the other beautiful women of Solomon's wives, her inferiority complex may be kicking in, and yet the king admires his bride's beauty. I need to share a few things before we start reading this chapter, because, well, language is a little different now. I need to remind you of what a euphemism is, if you don't know what that is. It's a representation of good qualities, delicate words for delicate years, to express something which may be indelicate in mixed company. And another comment from a commentator, Mr. Glickman. This is the first, according to chapter four, this is the first of seven physical features that the beloved described and praised in his Maiden eyes, hair, teeth, lips, temples, and cheeks, neck, and breasts. In their culture, seven was the number of perfection. So even in the number of compliments he gives, the king tells his bride how perfect she is for him. Okay, the last time we saw our couple was in their chariots in the wedding procession, and the bridegroom had returned for his bride. Here we open up in the honeymoon suite on the wedding night. There's poetry and beauty, nothing crude. Before he ever touches her with his hands, he touches her with his heart. Chapter 4, verse 1. Behold, thou art fair. Thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove's eyes within your locks. He says she's beautiful. And you have eyes focused on your beloved, hidden behind your veil. A veil signified modesty, submission. Oh no, there's that word again, submission. He's not the boss of me, we hear. Think about the trouble our souls would be in if Jesus did not want to submit to his father. Thy hair is as a flock of goats that appear from Mount Gilead. Long hair was also a sign of submission. It was the prostitutes that shaved their heads in Paul's day, according to 1 Corinthians 11, verses 7 to 16. Verse number 2, Thy teeth are like a flock of sheep that are even shorn, which came up from the washing, whereof every one bear twins, and none is barren among them. Hudson Taylor said, A good set of teeth, with none missing." Thy lips are like the thread of scarlet, and thy speech is comely. Scarlet lips and beautiful speech. John Wesley mentioned the discourse of believers, edifying and comfortable and acceptable to God and to serious men. Our choice of speech topics is very important. He continues, thy temples, the thinness on the side of your head, are like a piece of pomegranate within thy veil. Temples denote thought life, a fruitful thought life. Remember Philippians chapter 4, verse 8? Oh, the back of your neck where burdens are carried is like the Tower of David, builded for an armory, whereon there hang a thousand bucklers, also shields, all shields of mighty men from warriors, an army built to hold the shields used in war. If they all are present, it is a time of peace, all the while bearing the weight of the armor for use in case of a battle, signifying strength and serenity and peace within the bride. A long, tall neck, like a strong man. There is no war on inside her soul. She is willing to be submissive. Does this sound like the spiritual armor mentioned in Ephesians 6? that we are to wear? Yes, it does. Verse five says, thy two breasts are like two young roses that are twins which feed among the lilies. Yes, they're used for nurturing, to tend the uh, the young rose would tend the pasture and graze in the flock among the lilies, a picture of God's people. So yes, Solomon is admiring his bride's physical qualities Notice the speech here is nothing overtly, physically suggestive. There is a time and a place for that in God's plan within marriage and in private. Verse 6 says, still he, although some commentators disagree, until the day break and the shadows flee away, I will get me to the mountain of Myrrh and to the hill of Frankincense. He's looking forward to being alone with her. Verse 7 says, Thou art all fair, my love. There is no spot in thee. Objectively, we know our flaws, but love it when our spouse sees us through the eyes and heart of God. Come with me from Lebanon, my spouse. Look from the top of Amana, from the top of Shinar and Hermon, from the lion's dens of the mountains of the leopards. Come with me. Leave your family and your fears. His invitation is to join him. For you have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart. You have ravished my heart with one of your eyes, with one chain of your neck. How fair is thy love, my sister, my spouse. How much better is thy love than wine. Remember chapter one His love. There's oneness here, and the smell of thine ointments than all spices. Thy lips, O my spouse, drop as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under thy tongue, and the smell of thy garments is like the smell of Lebanon. Keep your words sweet. There's a poetical intimacy here. Lebanon was filled with cedars, the fresh smell of cedar. In verses 1 to 4, here the king speaks of the beauty of his bride, Okay, by today's language, that might not be quickly apparent. However, the king declares that his bride is most excellent. He speaks to her and says, You have dove's eyes, eyes that are only focused on her king. As we spend time with our eyes focused on our beloved, we learn of his ways through his word. This gives us spiritual discernment that our beloved sees as beautiful within us. Commentators have said that hair is an analogy of two things, consecration and submission. Do you remember the Nazarite vow? The Nazarene was set apart unto God. No razor to cut that hair. No alcohol. A man was to look like a man and a woman was to look like a woman, both to recognize the headship or the authority of God above them. That is submission. When we come into the house of the Lord, there is to be order. In a marriage, there is to be order. In daily living, there is to be order within the family. God made three institutions as examples to the word. Marriage, family, and the church. As we live by God's plan, our obedience is a heart of worship to our Creator. Prayerfully, Consider aligning your life to God's Word this week. When we submit willingly from the heart, we live in the order God intended for us. As women, we will never be perfect and cannot expect our husbands or spiritual leaders or parents or children to be perfect either. God desires willing, obedient hearts. Can you imagine if Jesus would have decided that he did not want to submit to the will of his Father? That's it. I've had enough. I'm out of here. Thankfully for us, Jesus didn't do that. In the garden before the crucifixion, Jesus prayed and asked his father to let this cup pass. But in the end, Jesus said, nevertheless, thy will be done. It is this heart attitude that we need to have. The heart of submission is a beautiful thing. Let Jesus be your example. Make some time to read through the Gospels this week. When you get a chance and see how Jesus acted, what Jesus did, and what he said. In verse 2, teeth were mentioned and represent being able to bite into meat. Why might teeth be helpful in the following passage? Hebrews 5, 12-14. Because to chew on the meat of the Word of God is to graduate from the bottle, not just bottle-fed or spoon-fed, but dig into the meal of Scripture, the meat of Scripture, and cut it up into bite-sized pieces to consume for a healthy soul, all on your own. Read it for yourself. Consider Dove's eyes with spiritual discernment and teeth able to bite into the meat of the word and take it in and digest it. Are we still babies that need to be bottle fed? Does someone else always have to explain the word of God to us? Or are we growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and biting into doctrine and coming away with spiritual discernment and deeper understanding? Many pulpits in America today don't teach the Word of God, but teach the commandments and traditions of men, and in some, lies to deceive the hearts of the simple. That's why it's so important for us to know the Word of God so that we will not be fooled. Keep this in mind. There's a time coming when people will not want to hear the truth. They'll want to listen to motivational speakers that make them feel good who speak fables and fiction. The Proverbs 31 woman, as we call her, opens her mouth with wisdom. This implies that her mouth is closed to begin with. The kindness spoken of here is implied towards God. Speech is beautiful to our Father. Speech that is beautiful to our Father is filled with spiritual wisdom from a heart that longs to please our Father. Temples like a pomegranate give us a picture of our fruitful thought life and the neck like a tower with shields portraying serenity and peace. In times of war, the shields would be taken down off of the towers of a city and used in battle. This bride, she is in submission to her Lord and in turn to her husband and to the authorities above her. In the sight of God, a woman like this A heart like this is a beautiful woman. Don't let others tell you how to act. Don't fall for the lies of the enemy. It's the inside that God looks at. He looks at our heart. He doesn't look at the outer being. He looks at our character that's inside. That's why he gives us time here on earth to become more like him. We have an opportunity to read his word, the love letters that he sent to us to read, to dig deep for treasure so that we can see how much he loves us. And in turn, we can turn around and love others. Let all this digest for a while until we meet again. You can find Moments with Moni on any Apple or Android podcast player or at my blog, Moments with Moni, or on a new community Facebook group. Come join the conversation. Thanks for listening. God bless you.